Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church and counseling and discipleship. Hello, hello, hello. Man, it's been months since I've said that. Uh, it's your co-host, one of your hosts, Mike Van Dyke, and uh, we're actually here at the ABC Conference 2021, yes. and uh, I'm not in studio with Shauna or Jeremy uh, because they're busy. Jeremy's um, going to be getting prepared uh, for a plenary session, and uh, I've got some more uh, news on Jeremy as the conversation goes, but I'm actually in studio uh, with a special guest that we had back in the 2019 yes, conference. yes. Yeah. Jonathan Holmes. Jonathan Holmes, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. It's so good to be back in person and to yeah. be back in person with all of you. So what a what a treat. Yeah, it, it, it really is. And last time we had Jonathan on, we talked about his Counseling Couples book, Yes, which hopefully you it's counselors <laughs> have had two years to go out and get that particular copy. And I know I've used it tremendously in in, in my counseling as well, um, because we get a lot of marriage counseling at Truth Renewed. Um, so thank you for writing that. And um, that's actually what we've got Jonathan here. He actually just got done with a pre-conference talk, or excuse me, he will be uh, speaking um, later today, I believe at one thirty. Um, unfortunately, if you didn't uh, come in person, you're not going to have an opportunity to, to get the material. But we do have a, a an actual copy of a book. Last year, we did Counseling Through the Psalms, and this year, we're doing Counseling Through Bible Narratives, through the Old Testament. Did you uh, make any contributions to that, Jonathan? I, I think you did I a did. couple, right? I just did one. Okay. I just did one. So I did my favorite Psalm, Psalm 131, and... Yeah, I hope that it's a help. I think it's a, a wonderful resource and idea for counselors. It's so practical, so biblical, and I wish I had thought of it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you are a man of many thoughts, and as it, it, with that comes the transition to, uh, we actually have an opportunity to discuss, and actually by the time this podcast goes out, this this book's still not going to be out I, yet. Yeah. So uh, Jonathan and I were actually just talking about this. Um, ABC was able to, to get some copies of these books before they came out, uh, actually the companion which we'll get into here in just a moment. But um, but this the copy of these will be available November 10th. Um, so you'll be able to get an audio preview of the book uh, in, in session with us, with the two of us. And uh, and that's really what I wanted to bring Jonathan in. And it's always good to catch up with him. He's a busy guy, pastor, handling the counseling ministry. And it seems like he's always bringing more more men and women onto his staff. And uh, just a huge blessing, uh, Jonathan, to, to see what the Lord's doing and, and how he's using you to multiply and just Thank expand you. Uh, counseling in the in, in the local church and really kind of like even within these books too, just the reality of discipling. Yes. And that's the yes. context that we want to get into. And with that, um, again, so there's two books that Jonathan has uh, really collaborated with, with Deepak Raju. Mm-hmm. Um, I always like question if I got his, yep, his last name did. right. Uh, but Deepak's an amazing guy. Uh, he's over at Nine Marks, mm-hmm. right? Capitol Hill. Capitol yeah. Hill in D.C., right? In D.C., yeah. Yeah, the infamous <laughs> the Mark center, Dever. The center yeah. of power. Yes, yes, uh, in every sense of the word. Yeah. Um, a lot of biblical power and a lot of secular power. Um, so thankfully, both entities are occupying mm-hmm. some similar space. But at any rate, um, we've got these two books. The first one is Rescue Plan, Charting a Course to Restore Prisoners of Pornography. And then the particular book that we're going to talk about
about. And then, of course, Jonathan, if there's anything else you want to allude to with the rescue plan. But the one that we actually have here at the conference is rescue skills, essential skills for restoring the sexually broken. Uh, Jonathan, my first question really is, man, what was your heart? And or, or if you could speak to yeah. your collaborating with Deepak, yeah. and what was y'all's heart uh, to just kind of collaborate on this yeah. piece? Well, Michael, I think you said it so well early on that this is really not just a book just for counselors. I mean, that actually might even be a secondary audience. It really is for disciples. Uh, as Deepak and I have been talking, uh, we've said the book's primary audience, it's for roommates, best friends, mentors, yeah. disciples, couples, pastors. It's it's for people who are in relationship with other people who are experiencing the yeah. brokenness of sexual sin. Yeah. And uh, sometimes I think, you know, in the church, like when sexual sin comes up, we get a little bit nervous about that, say, hey, go talk to somebody else about that. And uh, we actually find that the greatest point of influence comes when there's a strong relationship. And so to try to I think strengthen the skills that are already there uh, and some that need to be developed. Uh, let's start Let's start at ground zero with the people who are already in relationship with these others who are struggling. And so that really is our heart. The book is not for experts. It's not uh, giving like- That's what I love about it. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically yeah. a book for me. <laughs> yeah. You know, is we, we didn't want a book about, you know, uh, here's a, a nine point methodology about how you do this, but it's, it's skills that- we it's conversational. It's conversational. It's very conversational. Yeah. They could, you, you could read one of the chapters and, and and put the book down. Come back in a few months, read another one. That's that's really our goal and our hope with rescue skills. Yeah, and, and um, I actually haven't had a chance to like thoroughly go through it and read it. Um, uh, but I, I absolutely will. I'm, I'm selfishly keeping this copy yes. <laughs> uh, as I sit here. Um, but but to that very point, really quick before I get into my next question is, you know, I, I think, uh, and, and you can obviously speak to this as a, as, as a pastor uh, as well, but I think what I've experienced, um, you know, we, we kind of have these contexts for accountability that's specific to like, you know, pornography. And then um, we have conversations where it's like, oh, man, how was your struggle this week? Oh, man, you struggled. I struggled, man. We, we, like we're just we're terrible people. Um, and there's it's very reduced to it, yes. it's just reduced to this very simplistic yes. sort of um, response driven. OK, let's try better without actually getting into the scriptures or we kind of uh, Proof text a couple of scriptures right. to be like, oh, remember covenant eyes, or yes. you know, we throw out a couple of different things, and it's this is much to what you just said, uh, j- just a, a really helpful, um, and and even with uh, you know counseling and couples, it's just um, I appreciate the way that you write because again to the point you just made, you could read a chapter yeah. in literally five minutes yes. from then have a conversation with a friend and apply what you just read. And it's 20 times more effective uh, than what you just, or what you've done over the last year. Like I, I think it has that, that capability. Yeah. And uh, I would, uh, I would definitely encourage you guys to, to check it out. And all of this will be in the show notes, of course, except yeah. you won't be able to order it right away, but you can, <laughs> you can pre-order yeah, you can certainly pre-order it. Pre-order. Um, but, but along with that, you, in, in this particular book alone, Jonathan, you, you have two parts and you've yes. broken it into these two parts. And really the first part is, is um, really establishing helper skills. Yes. And then the second part is struggler skills. Can you yes. expand on that a little bit more? Yeah, it's a great question. We we also wanted a book that wasn't just geared for the helper, but also if a struggler were to pick it up. And we know that a lot of times there are just so many different resources out there. It can be overwhelming for people who are dealing with sexual sin. Um, and we wanted to at least add something to, I think, the conversation for people that uh, weren't just helpers, but were also strugglers. And so to your point, we wanted them to be eminently practical, 
but we didn't want them to be simplistic, right? Yeah. It's, uh, so much of the conversation in uh, sexual sin, and, and, and that's such a broad category, is just, hey, get a filter, get an accountability partner, start reading your Bible, and, uh, you know, basically that's kind of like the... <laughs> that's the, the extent that, of yeah, it. That, that's the sum total. And so what we try to do in Rescue Skills is really expand out what the conversation looks like, really expand out what the battle plan looks like. We talk about, you know, something that doesn't get discussed a lot is just what do you do with weariness, right? A lot of the people that we see uh, dealing with sexual sin, they've been dealing with this for a long time. And what do you do with someone who has been battling pornography or masturbation for upwards of 15 or 20 years and it's just kind of just, this is just a part of my life and it's never going to change? How do we address that? Uh, we talk about repentance, right? We talk about what does real repentance look like? What does fake repentance look yeah, like? Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I can't yeah, wait to it, 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 It's categories like that. We talk do you get about, into Second Corinthians? Just we the, do. Okay. We do. We get into there. We get into, I think, some other passages. Uh, we also talk about, like in, in the struggler skills, we talk a lot about, there's a chapter on just beauty, Acknowledging true beauty. And, yeah, uh, I, I've read a lot of books on pornography, and it's very rare that I hear a proactive pull towards, hey, not just this is what's bad and broken about pornography, but this is also what's good. How do we retrain all of our senses to assess and discern what's really beautiful? That's actually God's. That's God's category. So we've allowed Satan yeah. to kind of take the whole conversation of sex and corrupt it. But for a pornography struggler, how do we get him or her? to actually re-energize and reanimate their eyes and their senses for what God has said, this is good and this is beautiful. So yeah. it's little things like that. We're trying to expand out the conversation, sharpen those skills, and like you said, not help experts, but help everyday people like you and I. Yeah, that's good. And it, just uh, I, I just want to speak to a couple chapters in here um, just really quick. Just I mean, just their heading is just it, I mean, um, again, you mentioned kind of, you know, fake versus genuine repentance um, and then kind of what you were talking about um, in this particular uh title is taking a wider gaze at sin. And I think that's a yeah. larger conversation that we tend to miss yeah. uh, is understanding the fuller scope of sin yeah. um, in, in every sense, right? Like I could, speaking of beauty, I could go look at a plot of land yeah. and see its beauty and I could lust after that in such a way yes. where now all of a sudden absolutely, I'm... I'm, I'm rummaging my finances because I want to force this. It's my, I want this property. Yes. And, and that's what we yeah. do in sexual yeah. sin, right? And so it's just the nature and scope of sin is at work in every category. Yeah. And I just, I appreciate how you've been able to kind of put that together there. And then even um, reviving a dead conscience. Yeah. That, I can't wait to read that one. And then, um, and then really, I think ultimately to, to kind of bring this particular part in, in, in closing is instilling identity. Yeah. Um, I, I think we have identity amnesia. I don't know if oh, Trip no. coined that back in the yes, day. I don't know. He probably Somewhere. did. We're all paying him royalties for <laughs> yeah. that. For yeah. Someone, one of those yeah. guys. Yeah. The, anyway. the identity piece is key. And, and we've even tried to be really thoughtful and careful about how we even talk about pornography strugglers or people who struggle with pornography. Yeah. Um, whether or not you struggle with pornography, that is not the most important thing about you, right? The, 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 the diagnosis or the description is not also a way then for us to orient our entire gaze towards the whole person. And so uh, sometimes for a lot of people, this is the major framework that they see themselves as. And trying to help them understand, no, the most important thing about you is what God has to say about you. And when we live in that reality and when we orient ourselves to the truth of this is who God says that you are, that you're good 
and that he's designed you for good. That really helps begin, I think, to again, to what you said, kind of widen out the struggle, widen out how we understand what we're engaged in. And so, again, in all of those chapters, the first 13, they're under the helper skills. They're really short. They're brief. They're very practical. We try to give you discussion questions. There's a little bit of a sequence to them in terms of starting off with just active listening, developing plans, targeting the heart. But but all of them can be read individually on their own or read together as a set. Yeah, and just um, I, I appreciate how you kind of speaking of listening, you kind of broke out um, what they should listen for and just, you, you know, creating these categories on page 25, yeah. uh, access, anonymity, yeah. appetite, atheism. You guys were really yes. going through the alphabet there. Yes, huh? Where's the bees? <laughs> <laughs> but no, that th- those are good. It just so to so do you guys as you're as you're listening and kind of hearing and understanding the, the fuller scope of, of this particular book and resource, it it really, and here's the beautiful thing about these books, and that's why I love coming to the conferences and just seeing, you know, the, not just the, you know, the the counselors that are um, here to grow, but even you guys who are coming and speaking and just the resources that we're continuing to grow and expanding our knowledge and, and understanding uh, just the sanctification process in different categories, right, such as uh, sex and, and, and restoring what that looks like. Um, and, and I know for me personally, um, I mean, I, w- I was addicted to pornography for 10 years, mm. you know, and then um, and then even talking to my sons about it, yeah. you know, that this is yeah. like a legitimate struggle. And, you know, at first it was kind of awkward. I'm a grown man, you know, kind of having some sort of accountability to my, my 19 year old mm-hmm. son in some sense, because um, we uh, we do discipleship on Sundays um, him, with him and a friend. Um, but having these conversations and yeah. taking the conversation, the fuller scope of what scripture has to say about things. Um, um, you know, theological categories and applying it to, and just how quickly somebody can grow just in being like, like what this is for, as far as listening and, and having those listening skills versus you hear, you know, sometimes even as believers, we do this, we, we're kind of like hypersensitive to hearing, we're like, you know, kind of the word police or, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we hear things and we, we quickly want to jump on something without giving really a robust response to something yeah. and making it more conversational, which is, obviously what you're helping uh, the, the person establish and really cultivate yeah. is being able to, to be that active, good listener, yes. Yes. thinking in categories, yeah. seeing that this person goes far beyond their actual struggle. Yeah. So I, I just yes. appreciate that. And then, and then the second part? Yeah. The second part, which is more skills designed again for the struggler, not that again, a helper couldn't read them, but again, we're helping them and trying to help them understand just the nature of temptation. What does it look like to deal with their desires. Uh, we do a lot of work on guilt and shame. And obviously, as you know, in, in, in counseling and in discipling, guilt and shame with sexual sin are significant topics. I, I, I've never counseled someone in sexual sin where guilt and shame aren't, I would say, prominent, prominent features. And so in some ways also realizing that even in ways that we counsel, we might actually be reinforcing guilt yeah. and shame narratives, yeah. right? Like what's wrong with you, right? Like, or uh, like, that's so gross. Like what, like you're, you're such a pervert, right? Like there's, there are ways that even in maybe our parenting, our friendships, our mm-hmm. discipleship relationships, rather than helping people find freedom from sexual sin, we can actually reinforce, like you said, a moralism or a behaviorism that just seeks to excise the actual 
behavior without actually really dealing with guilt and shame. A lot of people, I find actually guilt and shame can be motivators towards looking at pornography, right? There's a, there's a guilt about not measuring up. And so I can enter into this world where uh, the woman or the man that I am viewing just views me like however I want to be viewed, totally accepts me, wholehearted affirmation, right? Mm-hmm. And so I don't measure up in my real life. So I can go into this fantasy world where I'm fully accepted, right? And so there's, there's a lot of different ways that we really need to understand guilt and shame. We talk a lot about um, uh, just disciplining the body. Uh, pornography definitely affects us physically. And if we don't understand uh, just how pornography affects the brain, neuroplasticity, uh, you know, how pornography really etches itself literally into our neuropathways, mm-hmm. then we can approach it primarily from a spiritual standpoint and ignore the way that our bodies mediate that struggle. And so, again, we're trying to give a very, again, big, broad picture for the struggler to say, hey, there is hope, right? Uh, There's a lot of other factors to consider rather than just get a filter and get an accountability partner. Yeah, and that's so good, Jonathan, because in really what you're talking about, and I think, I don't know if you call it a biblical pathology, but it's something that In other words, to that very point, taking the conversation far beyond the actual struggle itself and realizing that guilt and shame, it's no different than somebody who's had a bad day. Mm -hmm. They're seeking comfort and they go to the fridge and grab a pint of ice cream. Yes. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Like so, like all of us have these these propensities to to seek comfort in things, and some of those people just seek it sexually uh, yes. because it, it arouses things you know to a much greater degree. And uh, as you know, but what I appreciate in kind of what you do in, in this conversational style, I haven't read the chapter, but I'm assuming it's like everything else you've 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 written. But um, killing or replacing bad desires, um, and again, this you know from a biblical counseling perspective, this is kind of that that uh, put off and put on, changing biblically, right, right? right, and having the patience, which is pretty much the topic of what we're talking right. about at this conference, <laughs> right, being patient. Yeah. yeah. There's, you know, depending on the nature and scope of what's going on with the person, whether we need to admonish them or just be, you know, just comfort them or whatever the case is, we're, we're called to be patient. Being patient with somebody isn't in an event. It's yeah. a process. Right. It's You see it demonstrated in the event, but oftentimes, at least to me, I don't know what your thoughts are on it, Jonathan, but it seems to me we tend to um, think that somehow our patience is reduced to a moment or an yeah. event. Right. Any thoughts right. on that and, and yeah, kind of I, what you have here? You know, another word that we could use, you know, with patients is just a perseverance and a long suffering, like in the midst of our struggle. And with that killing or replacing bad desires, right, there's, there can be a model if you were to only read this chapter where, yeah, it could be very put off and put on, but in this chapter, and I think in, in the book, and then even in Rescue Plan, helping people understand, well, where did these desires come from? And yeah. How have they gone bad? And, you know, how has the world influenced those desires, right? That's a that's a huge thing that we talk about in Rescue Plan. It's just the world is very much invested with shaping how we desire things, right? How we yeah. lust after things and telling us this is the vision of what the good life is. And so trying to understand, okay, not only how do I, you know, replace bad desires, but where did the those desires come from? What fuels them? What exacerbates that struggle? And and that's where we really do want a holistic approach in terms of how we approach the struggle. It's not just, hey, something's wrong with you. Stop looking at that and you know read your Bible and pray. But really at that desire level, what what is this desire actually for? Is it really right. just pornography is maybe the end goal, but 
Man, it sounds like there's an escape tendency here. It sounds like there's a desire for affirmation or a desire to to be loved or, you know, maybe your family of origin, right, just was incredibly tumultuous and you're looking for some type of ideal that you think that you'll find in pornography, right? There's a lot that goes into that and for the struggler to understand almost that pathology of desire and to understand how to address it. Again, we want to give the struggler some of those practical tools. Yeah, that's good. And I think you guys do that. And again, going back to just, you know, and you've got it here, uh, 18 in part two, uh, the 18th chapter, understanding guilt and shame. And I think that's, that's where obviously from a spiritual, you know, obviously the physical discipline of trying to kind of reorient those desires, putting them in their proper perspective and begin to practice like those, those desires properly in their right context. But guilt and shame really does keep us confined into just that I can't change. Yes. That this actual desire that's good is somehow forever thwarted and yes. confused in my mind. And Satan, in, in, in that particular sense, has disabled the believer. They're ineffective yeah. because now the, their whole identity is built in their guilt, guilt and right. shame, and their sin. Exactly. So the, there, there's a whole paradigm yes. here. Oh, so there really the is. Whole, so we yeah. could we could have a we, whole other conversation. We, we could talk it. a long time about that. Just about like let's just say the desire for sex. That is yeah. a God given yeah. desire, and we have allowed the world to tell us, oh no no, this is this is our playground. You can't. They stole our yeah, car they, and no, drove they, it and driving they, it around. They absolutely <laughs> did, Michael. And I think that's why we struggle so much in the church is because, let's say for the first eighteen to twenty years. Of, uh, of children and teens' lives, we are, are telling them functionally, sex is bad, don't look at it, don't even have a desire for it. And then suddenly on their wedding night, they're supposed to turn into these sex machines and and we're puzzled as to why we have intimacy problems in marriage. And it's because we're not doing a good job at teaching and training and orienting our kids and our teens as it relates to a biblical view of sexuality. Yeah. And so through sin, through the world, through a variety of different things, Satan is easily able to corrupt that. And yeah. uh, we talk about, we do talk a lot about God's plan for sexuality in the first book. Uh, so that's why the books are meant to be read together, but they can be read apart too. But if you're looking for that robust foundation of, okay, sex is actually good. It was created by God and has a design and a purpose. Then, you know, you'll definitely want to pick up Rescue Plan for that. Yeah, that's good. And that to that point, it, you know, you can hang out with each of those individually, but you're going to get the most out of it. <laughs> <laughs> as companions and, and, and borrow from both of them and enjoy them. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much thank for you, joining us here on, again, Speak the Truth. It's always a pleasure to see you. Uh, I can't wait for this to be uh, released. It'll be available on November 10th. We'll see you guys next time.